0: And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio on RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. And I am here with my partner, my friend, Dr. Clyde Posley.
1: Good morning, good morning.
0: And our great producer, Harold H.B. Bell, who is winding some great tunes for us in between talking segments. And we come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And this uh, particular program today, uh, where we are uh, weaving and uh, uh, energizing an understanding of things Uh, is about the topic of money, Mm -hmm. how wrong thinking hinders how we think about money, or if you want to say it a different way, the psychology of money. In our second hour, we're going to have George Middleton come in. He's actually a counselor uh, here in Indianapolis and has written his book called Black, and he's going to be talking about the mindset issues as it relates to how do we understand not only how we interact with life around us, but how do we understand our own mindsets and how our mindset has indeed either uh, developed or corrupted uh, how we approach any given thing. So just before uh, we were coming on air, uh, Dr. Posley, you and I were having a discussion about how important it was that we do what we do, and specifically from a biblical vantage point, let's kind of uh, start things off here this morning by talking about that standard, and maybe uh, about your comments concerning truth. What is it... uh, about truth that you were talking about earlier, that that really kind of solidifies this show as quite different.
1: Yeah, I, you know, one of the things. And, and good morning to our audience today. We're, we're so uh, blessed to have you tune in every week. Yeah, I was I, one of the things I was mentioning was that there are basically uh, levels of truth. There are three levels of truth. There, there's a theory that there are three levels of truth. There is the truth, and then there is and that which is you know uh, there's the truth which is absolutely true, and then there's that which is false and under any, and in, in, in every circumstance it's false. And but then there's some, there's the other level of reality, which is that it's possible, mm. which means it's not necessarily true, but it's not necessarily false. So it is possible. Uh, we live in a world today that lives in falsities that they believe to be true, but are unfounded in scripture, mm. or unfounded by God. And the universe is inconsistent with, with the, those falsities, uh, and then there's the world we live in where people believe there are certain possibilities mm. that, are, uh, that are truths. They're not truths. They're possibilities. Here's how this is important. If you, if you believe that it's possible to get rich and be happy, that's not true. Because mm. money has never been designed to have an emotional relationship with you. Mm. So it cannot produce happiness. It's false. And so as, in, as long as we live in a world where, uh, where so many people take their truth some, from some other place about money, we're going to be in trouble. Hmm. We're going to be in trouble. We live in a world today where, where, there, where there's a dominant number of people who have a more intimate relationship with money than they do the God who owns the silver and gold. Mm-hmm. You cannot serve God and money.
2: Mm.
1: You cannot and, so, and certainly we need we need money uh uh to function properly in society um, and, and money is this society's medium of exchange for tangible goods and God wants us and and the scripture teaches us that there that that how to have money mm. so we know that god is not is not seeking to have one anyone p- p- to be poor mm. there's no glory. <laughs> in being poor Mm -hmm. Uh, but but the gospel is not about how to make you rich Mm -hmm. in the things of this world Mm -hmm. but it's it's designed to make as we know the soul rich so our show today is extremely important because many people's uh, theology of god
0: is to prosperity and money Mm -hmm. laden. Mm -hmm. it sure strikes me as i hear you talking about these good things that uh, the real problem that we face uh, in this world is will we uh, be captivated by uh, what the culture teaches us about mm-hmm. money right. or what does scripture teach us about money. Right. We're kingdom people,
1: and, and, and we have to, just like, um, we, we cannot be governed, for example. Uh, we, sh- we, we, we cannot. It would be ludicrous to say that we're going to govern ourselves as talk show hosts by the rules of South Africa mm-hmm. or the rules of the continent of Africa. Why? Because we're not citizens. Our show is not mm-hmm. governed by those ra- laws because we don't live in those laws. Li- well, we are kingdom people, and 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 many people miss the real, much of the real power of of the kingdom life because we try to live in this kingdom, but operate by rules of mm-hmm. this world. Mm-hmm. We are not of this world. Well, we are we are born into the kingdom of God, and there are laws to prosper. For the family to prosper to create heritage for your family and legacy financial literacy and legacy for your family and they are kingdom laws and uh and that's true about everything the kingdom should govern your marriage
0: so everything is theological including money absolutely yeah absolutely. so we should be considerate uh constantly of coming from the source of knowledge which right. is going to give us the wisdom for how to live life and that source, of course, is coming from God's Word, That's right. uh, delivered to us by the uh, understanding interpretation of the Spirit.
1: Right, absolutely, and 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 and, and, and moreover, get away from uh, outside instruction, mm. celebrities telling us about, mm. you know, what is you know, or or or, or worshiping, falling in love with with uh, uh, the professional athletes uh, uh, who amass wealth. Mm. You know, there's something we need to understand. Um, and, and, and even the world will, many people tell, well, if the market gets them rich, that's fine. There is nothing right about someone being given $200 million to play basketball.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just, Thank I, you I, for
1: saying that. I, and I have a son who who, who 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 is probably about to sign a pro contract. But let's oh, be realistic. When the teachers... Who make it possible for them to get to the level to play? Thank you. Struggle to make fifty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> there is no there, we live. The world is wrong. Yeah. To to say that, and I'm a LeBron James fan, for example.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, you know, uh, let's say uh, Steph Curry. Sure. Steph Curry signed a two hundred, I think, twenty million dollar, mm-hmm. what maybe t- ten year deal, or something like. That. I'm not sure what that is. So there's, I don't believe. I, I say this without I say this without very successful contradiction. Twenty-two million dollars a year to play two hours to have two hours of gym. Mm. <laughs> and the teacher who taught you, or the professor who taught you, rarely do they make six figures. Mm-hmm
0: isn't that the truth? It's
1: Th- there's nothing right about that. Let's be realistic. Yeah, right exactly. <laughs> you know?
0: And the and the world and the culture at large generally is the one to oversee those kinds of uh, outrageous and outlandish numbers yeah. actually. Even though uh, we give great credit to folks like Steph Curry. He's a sure. great Christian we man. Who,
1: absolutely. Yes,
0: yeah. Absolutely. And who gives a lot of that money, of Absolutely. Course. But we're talking about what we're talking about here is nothing to do with Steph Curry as a person. It has everything uh, to do with a culture or his
1: ability to or prosper or his ability to absolutely. prosper
0: has everything to do with how the culture drives us so we've got doctors lawyers athletes who make huge amounts of money uh, whereas your point about teachers and thank you again for emphasizing teachers uh, really this is something important to us i'm i'm looking at uh, passage of scripture here from proverbs chapter 20 We always try to bring our understanding of wisdom here every day from proverbs proverbs 20 verse 15 says this there is gold and abundance of costly stones but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Absolutely, the lips of the, knowledge. The
1: contrast, and, and ultimately, and again, I'm, and I'm glad you 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 you, you emphasize that point. I'm not uh, uh, years ago it would be said like, "Is I'm not fighting someone else's hustle." You know, uh, <laughs> if, if if you know if the world pays. If, if 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 the market paid, mm-hmm. okay, that's that's fine, mm-hmm. but 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 the world shouldn't be giving us our cues about what is wise use the, of money. There's the point, you yeah. know, is, is, is the point. Uh, but at the end, I mean, and here's this is gonna you know shake some or some of our listeners, but it's the truth. At the end of life, it's the it's the lips of wisdom
2: mm-hmm.
1: that Steph Curry, LeBron James, mm-hmm. Dr. Mark Eccles, Dr. Clyde mm-hmm. Posley, with HB Bale. That's what's going to matter most. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we live in a world where we are, we are squandering and we put too much emphasis on uh, what we think gain will do for us.
0: Yes, and one of our big issues here is we, we focus, again, so much on the visible, the tangible, uh, that which we can hold in our hands, that mm-hmm. which we can see with our eyes. And, and honestly, we, we become Christian naturalists in that mm-hmm. sense of things where we only focus on the five senses mm-hmm. instead of understanding that there is a sixth sense. That right. is, we have this uh, one who is outside us and for Christians inside of us and one who has created all things that gives meaning and there's maybe a key idea as well. Right. The, where does meaning come from? Right. My meaning does not come from my car or my house or my bank account or the clothes that I wear. My meaning comes from within me. Right. That is, Christ is in me. Galatians, Galatians two twenty says uh, the power uh, of this uh, this emphasis, this identity that I have, is always in Christ.
1: That's right. That's right. You know, um, the Bible speaks about Matthew chapter, it's uh, Matthew chapter seven. You can tell a tree by the fruit it bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can also be in, a, a interpreted to mean that you can tell what the quality of a thing was by what grows from it.
2: Right.
1: I go there because there, there, and there are many Christian athletes, basketball mm-hmm. players, football players, based on the seven. You know, many Christian athletes, but there's also the predominant number of athletes who have had such wealth seem to end up in financial ruin.
0: Isn't that the sadness?
1: So what that suggests is there was not, for many of them, there was not the wisdom mm-hmm. and proper relationship with the money and moreover with God.
2: Right.
1: Because God, anything God gives you, he's also trying to instruct you as to how to be wise with it and cause
0: it to grow. You know, it strikes me as as you even mentioned this that when we talk about those guys who are making money off the athletes, who are promoters, and those mm-hmm. kinds of things, mm-hmm. it really strikes me that maybe these athletes uh, really need to engage teachers to help them understand how to right. use the, their money. Right, and, and and some of that's
1: happening. Some some of that's happening. Um, you know, I know the NBA and the and the uh, not to, you know, I'm not picking on athletes today, but the NBA, the NFL as well, the three, the big three, they have counselors. I know some chaplains, mm-hmm. uh, financial advisors, mm-hmm. you know, but we need some beyond, you know, moving away from sports. We need some, as, as we prosper, yes. as we grow, you know, is, you know, we, we need to stop assuming that we need to have millions of dollars to have a financial planner. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, or we need to, uh, and, and that, that somehow, we also need to stop this mindset that the, that the Bible shouldn't inform mm. how we spend our money.
0: This is uh, just the, the baseline idea to all of what we've been saying here in the first section of our, our talk show here this morning. And that is, if I have a dollar, I am just as much responsible for that one dollar as the millionaire Absolutely. is responsible for his one million. That's right. We're going to be taking a break here in just, uh, just a second. But I wanted to make sure everybody knows about uh, what's happening here this Friday at Collaborate 317. We have another jazz mixer taking place here. H.B. Bell is putting this on along with the Collaborate 317, and some great music going to be had. Uh, this is a great evening of networking from about six to seven on Friday night, uh, March 16th, uh, this particular week. And then from seven uh, to about 7:30, we're going to talk about some of the great promotions that are going on here, some of the, the great businesses that are sponsor, sponsoring these uh, mixers, some of the nonprofits that are here. And then, of course, the great jazz uh, music that we have always, uh, the entertainers that will be here as well. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We're going to take a break and be right back. We are back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNex.tv at the Cool Groove site come to you every Wednesday morning from 10 until noon. And this week we are discussing a very important, very practical issue, how wrong thinking hinders how we think about money. And uh, Dr. Clyde Posley and myself have been talking about that in our first hour, actually getting into the issue of uh, uh, teachers and uh, the necessity of teachers and how important wisdom and knowledge is. Uh, in our second hour, our guest George Middleton is going to come in and talk about mindset and how mindset impacts how we think about money as well. In this next section, uh, we want to talk about the biblical base for material things. In our first segment, we were talking about generally the uh, the overview of mm-hmm. how we think about uh, how the culture uh, impacts us and, and our thinking, right.
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, how it sidelines us and sidetracks us sometimes. But let's talk uh, in this section, Dr. Clyde, mm-hmm. uh, about the biblical basis for material things and the importance of where this originally comes from and how that then should frame how we think about money.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the Bible speaks to us in, uh, in the book of Philippians that it promises us that our God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches mm-hmm. in glory. Mm. So we do know that we serve a God who who promises to uh, supply all, including, which, in, which includes everything and excludes nothing. Our material needs, our physical needs, all, all of that. But Jesus, before Paul ever wrote uh, the letter to the church at Philippi, Jesus said there is a there is a road, a pathway that leads to your needs being met. Mm-hmm. And he said it in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 when he says, here's what I want you to do, Jesus says, I want you to seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he says all these other things mm-hmm. will be added unto you. He says, for your heavenly Father knows what you have need of mm-hmm. before you ask.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We've got to decide. That if, if, as Jesus explains, that if God takes care of the Pharaoh and the, 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 in the, in the fowl of the air, if he takes care of, he makes sure that, that livestock, wild boars or whatever, eat, mm-hmm. then he knows what to do to meet our needs. Mm-hmm. What we have to be willing to do is let God's plan for how our needs should be met become preeminent in our thinking.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We have to trust you know, I hear people saying, uh, you know, you're wasting your money putting your money in church. You're wasting your money mm-hmm. sewing into people. The same processes to bring uh, your needs met or and have your desires met that God requires of us. Dr. Echoes, he, he practices mm-hmm. or practiced those same ones. Mm-hmm. God so loved the world, he wanted a nation, he wanted a world of people. What did he do? Reached in himself, gave his, uh, pulled out his son. Made, planted his son in the earth, and from that raised yeah. sons and daughters. Yeah. So, so the process of, uh, which is one of the components of, of receiving from God, sowing and reaping, is something God Himself practices. Yes, and 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 uh, if if we have we have to get to the place I believe, and I'm interested to hear how you how you how you frame this. We have to get to the place where we 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 believe that God's authority reigns everywhere. Mm. That he has the wisdom mm-hmm. to tell us all of what we need to know. Yes. About family, about about relationships, and about money. Mm. Financial planning, whether it's the dollar as you said, the, the the million dollars, the billionaire, Warren Buffett, needs to be rooted in the God who says the silver and gold is mine. <laughs> and if it's his, he can tell me how to how to steward mine.
0: It's uh, I'm I'm smiling and laughing about that line because I'm thinking about that statement in the Psalm Psalm 50 where God says, "Do you think that I need your sacrifices? Exactly. Man, I own the cattle on a thousand, a thousand hills. Years. That's right. <laughs> I love that right. line. I always <laughs> chuckle when I read it. When I, when I think about the framework of how God has established His world, you know, I'm always going to start in Genesis one and two, uh, the in, the original intention mm-hmm. of God is to create a world and did create a world that was perfect. And not simply perfect, but but perfect within the bounds of human sinlessness. Mm-hmm. That is, that we were capable of not sinning right. and still enjoying the perfection that God had created. So, whenever anybody asks me, well, what is it that you really want to do at, in terms of redemption or restoration of any kind of processes or thoughts or whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. I always say, let's go back to Genesis 1 and 2. What was God's original intention for fill in the blank? In this particular case, we're talking about finances, material wealth, uh, money. Specifically, what was God's original plan? It was, he gave us all things. And oh, by the way, that they were good. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, the word good in Hebrew can mean beautiful. These things are beautifully given to us that, that can fulfill and make us flourish in a culture, uh, of course, that desperately needs to see that. Of course Genesis 3 invades, we see the problem of sinfulness and how it has decapitated our thinking properly, uh, literally taking off our heads uh, when we stop thinking and we move by our emotions and we're moved then by how much we have in our bank account instead of how we've already come to some biblical conclusion about this. So I think for those listening, I think the question is how am I responsible now? knowing that I bear responsibility for whatever it is that God's given to me. How am I responsible for it? What's my plan of action toward doing the right thing with the money that God has given to me?
1: You know, I, I want to I approach that by going back a little bit into something that you said I, that I, I think just filled with profundity. You said um, what God's original intent was for us. I think that, that I want to create—not create, but I want to bring up the notion that it, it is there in Genesis chapter three, of which you spoke, that we see the beginning or the foundations of the of something that is dangerous to how we relate to money today, and that is <clears throat> the we see the roots of abuse and abnormal use of God's resources.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Satan. Here's what I mean. Satan creates a conversation with Eve about this tree basically to long story short he starts discussing with her what the tree is not for mm-hmm. and god has already told eve what the tree is for mm-hmm. he, uh, he he ended up convincing eve that, that the tree was for what he said it was for mm-hmm. versus what and she bit literally she mm-hmm. fell into his His conceptualization of what God's resource that he's already, he has fundamentally told her is what it's for. She listened to another voice tell her. And we see there, it it can be said uh, that we see there the roots of of abuse of God's resources. Mm -hmm. And so let's fast forward to a little bit further now. Um, And and so uh, Israel, once they're delivered from the Red Sea, we see further abuse Mm -hmm. of God's resources They are. They are fashioning golden calves. They are you to make to make an idol because they haven't seen Moses.
2: Mm.
1: He comes down. They're upset. They, 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 they're partying, taking the resources, making all sorts of things. Let's move really forward. Now today we live in a world where money is everything to us, including God, often to many people, everything to us, including a God for some people. Mm. Um, it is, it is they, they, their emotions are driven by the lack thereof or the amount of money. Many people today, Mark, um, many suicides mm-hmm. born from the thought that because I don't have enough money, yes. I can't make it.
2: Yeah.
1: I can't survive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We, we, God knows how dangerous it is for us to pursue mammon, the riches of this world, As means of comfort Mm. and security Mm -hmm. or care yes we cannot God has to stay supreme Mm. he has to be stay stay our Lord and he wants us to have money but he doesn't want us to have money Mm. above him Mm. and so uh, the Christian Church in my opinion is under siege today we're confused because uh, we are hearing some of the more prominent teachers in our world today tell us that our Christianity is suspect Mm. If we don't have riches, mm. and at the same time, there are many people who are not uh, embracing the, the, a relationship and intimacy with God, mm. who, who who brings riches at, at all levels, who who brings wealth
2: yes.
1: at all at all levels, mm. and and so there's a there's in many churches today, there's confusion. Do I know God if I have bills that I that, that I'm struggling to pay, or? Uh, 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 do I just need to pursue money? The Bible says money answers all things. Mm. What should I do? Mm. We have to somehow get people uh, back to, uh, globally, in my opinion, back to the idea that serving God provides all of your needs. Mm. Intimacy with God will cause all of your needs to be met, emotional uh, and economic. Because there's nothing more painful as a pastor than to watch people who say they love God but don't follow biblical principles about giving and, and financial stewardship. Nothing more painful than to watch those people struggle when you know that and this, this is a big deal. Loving God alone won't cause you to prosper. You've got to love God so much that you follow is instruction, mm. and, and it can be said, that is love of
0: God. There it is, yeah. And th- to your good point, I wanted to piggyback on your abuse of, of how God, what is God has mm. given to us and uh, and say that the two-pronged problem that we face uh, here is is the abuse and our refusal. Mm. So the abuse and the refusal of uh, understanding what does God say in his mm. word about these right. things. I was just um, thinking as you were uh, talking about these things, about Proverbs chapter 30, mm-hmm. uh, where the, uh, the, the proverb is, says, uh, two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die, remove far from me falsehood and lying, the very basis right. for truth we talked right. about, give me neither poverty nor riches, feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord, mm. or lest I be poor and steal and profane uh, the name of my God. So here we have this wonderful line, and I'm going back uh, maybe even to the last segment, something you said uh, based on Philippians chapter 4, that God's going to supply all our needs. And in that same context, Paul says uh, that I know what it's like to be in want, and I know what it's like to have everything I need. But in that context then, God says, I'm going to supply all of your needs. Right. And so this, there's a wonder to this when we we find ourselves sometimes in the throes of uh, financial difficulties, uh, the awfulness of not having money, mm-hmm. and yet uh, our consistency and our relationship and our walk with God makes sure that he will take care of us no right. matter what. That's and right. that's, a, that's a huge comfort, I think, to those who might be struggling even when they're hearing, right. hearing these words today. Right. right. You know, see, uh, I don't know if it's preached or
1: taught enough, but God gives the Scripture because he loves us. He gives us the word of God because he's trying to protect us from what he knows Mm -hmm. Satan will do if we do not walk in wisdom. Mm -hmm. There are people who say, well, why does God let one person be rich and another one be poor? He doesn't. The Bible is available to everyone. And and, and we ought not assume because there are people who don't know God who amass wealth. Just because a person has tangible goods does not make them wealthy. It, it, there's a lot that goes with that. It doesn't mean they're durable riches. It doesn't mean that um, they have any joy. What we want, what the Christian uh, uh, intent is, is to create a balance of your life where you are serving God, you are meeting the needs of people, and your needs are being met at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That creates the mindset, in my opinion, or in my view, of, of peace within you. Mm-hmm. There are many wealthy people, as I spoke earlier, who don't have peace? They, they they're not satisfied. They don't have the joy of God down in their soul, and yet they have an enormous bank account. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? What I want from God is the balance. Hmm. I want to be happy with God. I want to be satisfied with my intentions of a relationship with God. I want to be able to meet the needs of my family. I want to. I want. I want to. You know. I, I, let me say this. I'm gonna turn back back to you. But um, uh, uh, there was the story of a man who was dying very quickly and uh, he was wealthy and uh, someone asked him, if you could do anything over in life, what would you do? He said, "Uh, I would have spent more time with my family and saw that as my riches versus Mm -hmm. my account.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Think about that. There it is. That's (laughs) not only is that really deep, but it's it's eternal. The issue is one of eternity. Uh, We are going to take a one-song break, but before we do, I wanted to uh, say again that we have a jazz mixer at Collaborate 317 uh, this Friday, March 16th. You don't want to miss it, Uh, networking with folks around Indianapolis. All kinds of folks will be here, a couple hundred people uh, in and out. There will be hors d'oeuvres, drinks possible, uh, great music. You won't want to miss the folks that are here. I also wanted to kind of fast forward to May 18th, which is uh, the jazz mixer that we will have Uh, focused on the Cominius Institute and our concern for uh, not only the young people at IUPUI, but radio shows like this one and our connection to the culture. We'll be celebrating that during our jazz mixer on the 18th of May. Put that in your calendars. We're going to take a long song break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at Radio Next. Warp and Woof Radio at Radio Next. TV at the Cool Groove site. And we are talking today about the problem of money and the potential of it, uh, the benefits of it, but also, more specifically, how our wrong thinking hinders how we think about money altogether. If you've been with us all the way, uh, in our first segment we talked about how the culture kind of twists our thinking. Uh, in our second segment we talked about uh, how God meets all of our needs and the basis, a uh, biblical basis for where uh, our views of money come from. In this particular segment... Uh, we can pick up on a couple of different ideas. Uh, one might be stewardship, uh, and another one might be just the concept of our necessity of cultivating, developing, and managing what God has given to us. Uh, this is a huge issue, I think, for uh, everybody. We really don't. Uh, first of all, we don't manage our money well. We th- we go out to dinner too much. Uh, honestly, instead of cooking our own meals, uh, we don't. We spend money on things that are extravagant or unnecessary. From time and not from, it's okay from time to time, but, you know, on a regular basis, uh, we have people who don't give and don't realize that giving actually is the the basis for sowing and reaping, how God gives back to us in ways that we'll never fully comprehend. So maybe we could just kind of begin with that kind of idea of stewardship and how uh, the use of money that God has given to us, it not only benefits uh, the family in which we live in, the home in which we take care of, all of those kinds of things, but benefits those who are immediately in our vicinity. Uh, Could be our neighbors, more specifically our family perhaps, uh, certainly our own communities, churches, uh, all the rest of that. And how this stewardship is magnified not simply in greenbacks or dollar bills, but in what uh, comes out of that, our own mindset uh, that shifts our thinking uh, toward how we think about money. So uh, let's just jump into that and see where this thing goes. Yeah, you, you,
1: I think one of the keywords you just mentioned. One of the keywords you just mentioned is uh, mindset. Mindset. I think a person's mindset, obviously about God, but also the instruction of God, has a lot to do with how they're going to handle the resources of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's Colossians chapter three and verse twenty-three that says, "Whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of mm-hmm. the Lord." And uh, Many people today are separating their Christianity from glorifying God. Christianity is not designed to simply prosper you. It's designed to put you in a position to live a life that, that, that draws attention
0: there it is. to God. Yep.
1: And so and and so God wants to adorn you, supply your needs, but he wants to adorn you with as much of what he can adorn you with and you still glorify him. The Bible tells us, I believe that uh, uh, that God gives us uh, First Timothy chapter six. I believe that God gives us all things richly to enjoy. To
0: enjoy yeah.
1: So He has no problem, you know, with you having nice things, nice house, nice car, nice clothes, nice nice tangibles. He wants you to pay, be able to pay your bills, and have savings, and invest, and own property, and and be able to be a blessing to people. But at the same time. We must remember that God is only going to God it kingdom
2: mm-hmm.
1: our thinking and mm-hmm. kingdom instruction tells us that God is going to bless us with more relative to how we have handled mm-hmm. what we have been given. And this Faithful is a few things ruler over
0: much. Yeah, yeah that's a powerful statement uh, from Scripture. This concept of having been given much, uh, we're responsible for it. I, right. I have to say this to you because I, I don't think you've heard this part of our story but um, I think last week we talked a little bit or maybe two weeks ago uh, about when I first started teaching we were on mm-hmm. welfare and those kinds of things well uh, when we moved from Bismarck, North Dakota we had been teaching there for six years, moved over to Adrian, Michigan uh, we had had no money, we had no bank account, no savings, no nothing we'd been teaching in a Christian school and uh, had none of those things so Robin actually had a, a rich uncle, and I'm telling you, a speci- very specifically, a physically rich uncle. Uh, and he was a farmer down in southern Illinois, and uh, she went to him and said, uh, you know, could, could, we, could you give us as a gift $15,000? So he gave us a gift of $15,000, and we put $11,000 of that into a house that cost $42,000, put f- another 4000 into washing machines and whatever other things we needed to have a house. From that time, and we're talking about 1989 till today, the way that God has blessed Robin and I in our working in Christian ministry all of these years, 35 plus years, uh, has been through the stewardship of our homes. He has increased the wealth of our homes in ways that we could never have imagined. We bought a house when I te- taught at Moody Bible Institute uh, in Wheaton, Illinois, a very rich suburb. Uh, we couldn't afford anything there except a house that had been overrun by cockroaches. That's a whole story. So we got rid of all the cockroaches. We literally gutted the place and rebuilt the inside of it. Uh, we purchased this home for uh, 160 and sold it six years later for 300 This is how God had benefited us, even to be able to move here to Indianapolis. I tell that story publicly. I don't know that I've said that publicly anyplace else. But I tell that story publicly so that people can get a sense that when you talk about the general overall gifting of God, this comes in ways that you don't necessarily Absolutely. fully comprehend, much less foresee right. happening, but you've been responsible, right. good steward with what God has given you He can trust us.
1: you with yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've always, I've said before, I, I teach publicly, uh, teaching publicly, preaching and teaching, God only gives us, and I'm speaking in terms of how God operates with us in, within the kingdom, God gives his children what they can stand. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean, what they can stand? What I mean by that is what they can have, and he get the glory from it. Mm-hmm. Whatever he can give you, and you will show people who he is through it, he'll give it to you. And most people, most people in the kingdom have a story, something similar to yours. hmm where god where where God cleared a platform permitted them to go through a difficult time mm-hmm. where there was nothing but him mm-hmm. and he poured himself
2: mm-hmm.
1: on the platform yep. in in intimacy in a relationship, and he built from that nothingness something that can glorify his name i i uh, I, I come from a similar background I'm not going to necessarily get into it, but the principle I want to say is that through everything I've gone through in the last 30 years, it was God's Holy Spirit that kept me able mm-hmm. and cognizant mm-hmm. of my sowing and my reaping. That as, I wouldn't have a PhD today mm-hmm. were it not for God continuing to keep me sowing and reaping. Mm-hmm. The children wouldn't, wouldn't have gone to college, uh, just, just several things. And no matter what the situation, I would tell any person, there are people who talk to me about jobs. You know, they have a job, for example. And, I, and I'll always ask them, do you tithe, do you give offering? If if they tell me no, mm-hmm. I say, okay, listen, I can get your a recommendation, but you need to start tithing. You're mm-hmm. going to have to repent mm-hmm. because your working is a part of your prosperity. Mm-hmm. And if you're not being faithful with the riches that you've already received, it's not right to go to God asking for a promotion mm. when you have not been loyal and faithful, a good steward yeah. of what you've already had. That's right. And I just told a couple people that just yesterday. you got to get your giving in line if you want and get an, 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 an uh, increase of God. God's going to look at, even on Judgment Day, mm. God's going to say, come on higher.
0: Mm.
1: You've been faithful over a few things, make you ruler over much. Yeah.
0: This is a, an important concept that we have consistently uh, emphasized uh, throughout. Uh, all of what we're talking about in this show, and certainly uh, something that gives us a a basis for how to think uh, biblically about what it is uh, that we do in this life. Uh, Actually, when we uh, stop to think about this, we're talking about something called stewardship. That's what we've been discussing. It's a a theological sense of things. It's a theological term. But at the same time, we have a responsibility to not only conserve uh, what we have been given, but we are also then to plant it back into the soil, as it were, using that metaphor, so that it will reap more. And the emphasis, of course, is our responsibility that God has given to us under his authority to take that which we've been given and then, of course, to use it in a way that's beneficial. This is the gift of God that has has been given to us, and something that we find throughout Scripture, one of the passages that always comes to my mind is Genesis 2.15, where in that passage... The intention of God was that human beings would be placed in the garden to uh, provide from and protect uh, that which was given uh, in the garden, and we were specifically given that responsibility. Those two things have not changed. We still bear the responsibility of provision. We still bear the responsibility of protection. Both of those things are true at the same time. We bear that responsibility. So to your point earlier about uh, even speaking to this perhaps to a, a parishioner yesterday, when we're talking about these kinds of things, this is not new news. Right. This is old news that needs to be repeated constantly <laughs> over right. and over and over that's, again. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. the issue of money isn't uh, something that's new. Uh, the problems that people have had with money isn't something that's new. It is an ancient issue, one that God has established his uh, boundaries for, but also in the sense that he has already given us bountiful uh, goodness from this and his great beneficence uh, through the plan for for us to live our lives in stewardship, right? This, you know, this is, you know, the Bible says it is the liberal soul
1: that shall be made fat. Mm-hmm. It is the soul that that seeks uh, to to sow, to find the needs that, that that considers the poor, mm-hmm. that considers uh, the the needs of other. You know, we we talked about last week uh, the otherness of people and how we how how good of stewards we are of the otherness of people. Mm. Our money comes into play. You know, often, um, if, if you check people who prosper well in the kingdom, they are absolutely sowers. Mm. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, in the latter stages of the uh, passage that discusses God, Him loving a cheerful giver, two statements are very important that God makes there. Now, all the statements God makes are important. But God says, one, he giveth seed
2: mm-hmm. to the sower, mm-hmm.
1: in other words, what he he gives seeds to people who who will use them mm-hmm. but then he but then God makes a statement and a second statement in that passage before that statement, and I think this is powerful. He said, and God, if you'll be a cheerful giver, he says that God is able to make all grace mm-hmm. abound toward you
2: mm-hmm.
1: that you always having all sufficiency mm. in all things <laughs> may abound to every mm. good work. Mm. No other place in the Bible mm. is that specific statement made.
0: All means all all that's means
1: all, 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 all means that you may abound <laughs> that he, he will provide all grace that you may abound to every mm. good work. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Mm. So that says that how I handle giving the mindset that I have about giving will determine mm the amount of favor or the flow of favor yes. that I have in every area of my life. My mm-hmm. academic pursuits, my relationship with my family, mm-hmm. my relationship with God, uh, which is most important, my relationship with my neighbor, uh, my, my Christian growth, my understanding of Scripture. Why, why is it that my giving touches so many areas? Because what God is trying to create, uh, form me into as a regenerated creature is a is is a an expression of him in the earth mm-hmm. and the greatest thing about God is his love and the greatest expression of his love is what he will give to minister to
2: mm-hmm.
1: while we were yet sinners Christ died for the ungodly mm-hmm. the greatest in my opinion the greatest thing about God is him his willingness to give his love and his character and express his love and character no matter what our condition, mm-hmm. that is the epitome
2: mm-hmm.
1: of a giving uh, spirit.
0: So we should give to others uh, not expecting a gift back. E-
1: exactly. And no, we not. should
0: give to, give to those who cannot give back. Yeah,
1: the gift is their healing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, yeah. the, what we receive back mm-hmm. is their healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should give, as you were saying, we should give looking for. Their condition to change—that's the reward. Mm-hmm. There are other things that go given; it shall be given unto you. Press mm-hmm. down, shake it together, mm-hmm. running over. Men will give into your bosom. That's going to happen. But when you when you meet a need, when we give anything, the re- first reward we should be looking
0: for is a change that glorifies God. Mm. And here is the wholeness. This is what we're all about: is the wholeness, the completion. Uh, of God uh, through other people, and this is uh, our focal point. We're going to take a two-song break, waiting for our guest, George Middleton, to come in in our second hour. Uh, but before we do that, just a couple of reminders. We've got the jazz mixer coming up here at Collaborate 317, March 16th, which is this Friday from 6 till 9. Don't want to miss it. Put on your calendars May 18th, May 18th, a jazz mixer for Comminius 6 to 9 o'clock on a Friday. And then also I would uh, say this. If you are uh, at all interested in contributing to this kind of ministry where we are not only giving a biblical basis for these kinds of things, but helping students uh, at college and public university here in Indianapolis, or even supporting this radio program. Please go to CominiusInstitute.org or .com, CominiusInstitute.org or .com. You'll find donate buttons there. We would certainly appreciate uh, anything that you can do to support uh, what we're doing here. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv. We are going to take two-song break and be right there. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. And we are back here talking about the issue of money, finance, the importance of it, and more specifically, the title we've given to our show this particular day, <clears throat> How Wrong Thinking Hinders How We Think About Money. Or, if you want to say it a different way, since we now have a psychologist in the room with us, the psychology of money. Our guest uh, this afternoon, this morning, is George Middleton. We're grateful to have him. Dr. Clyde Posley, Dr. Mark Eckel, as your co-hosts. H. B. Bell is bringing up the the uh, tunes. Uh, every one of our jazz interludes is uh, created by the master at the board. George, we're grateful for your presence here today. Thanks so much for being with us. When you asked me to be here, man, I
3: was very complimented. This is my second time here. Yeah. And bro. I enjoyed the ver- first time. And, matter of fact, a lot of people responded to my um, posting of that show. Good. And really appreciated your presentation. They oh, appreciated great. your approach. Great. Your thoughtfulness, uh, the way that you facilitate conversation. So, yeah, it's enjoyable, man.
0: Oh, that's good. Well, we're glad to have you back and uh, realizing that you've got some physical limitations. Some challenges. <laughs> Yes, George blew out his Achilles here. Just had some surgery, and he's literally—and I kid you not, our listeners—he is literally rolling down the hallway on this little scooter. It's really kind of cool to see. Uh, but to to, to our uh, to our show today, uh, George, just give uh, folks a snapshot of of who you are and what you do in the community.
3: George Middleton. Uh, many know me as a musician. Uh, some know me as a therapist. Um, my close friends are, they can't believe I'm a therapist because they know me too well. <laughs> um, uh, my passions are fusing both music and arts with therapeutic inventions. I've ha- I have a, an academy located off of uh, 29th Martin Luther King in collaboration with First Baptist Church, North Indianapolis, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Ivan Hicks, who has a business uh, incubator there. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it, it houses a music studio where we also offer behavioral counseling, mm-hmm. uh, family counseling, uh, programming, community events. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to be pretty much what Collaborate 317 is here. Mm-hmm. We're trying to have that collaborative environment in in the hood, so to speak, yeah. uh, to grow. And, I mean, your, your topic is so mm-hmm. on point uh, because one of the things that um, Dr. Hicks is, uh, p- promotes is called the grindery. I'm sure you're familiar with it. The uh, Grindry is the business incubator, mm-hmm. and the idea is getting that mindset uh, with knowledge mm-hmm. on how to start and grow nonprofits, grow businesses.
0: Mm-hmm. And that goes right along with what we're discussing here today about the responsibility that we have with money and, and specifically uh, perhaps the issue of stewardship. One of the great issues of stewardship, it seems to me, is that we actually work together in this regard. I mean, wouldn't that stand a reason in all of this?
3: You would think
0: Right. <laughs> so, I, so I
3: like to do. I like to preface anything yeah. that I say today, because um, I'm coming purely from a clinical therapeutic standpoint, which might at first seem at odds with a religious paradigm, mm-hmm. but it really isn't. My attempt is to bring in some how-to's to scriptures where sometimes it eludes sure. the, pop- the population that I deal with. Most of them aren't educated enough to really get, you know, there's three parts to reading. You know, it's, mm. a, it's the words, you know, being able to enunciate enunci- 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 them correctly. But the most important part is interpreting them. Mm. And it's, uh, even even us, who we, we may feel we're very good at interpreting, we can all look at the same scripture mm. and see something different in it. Mm. Sure. And mm. so that's a problem in our in our community specifically. But I would say in general... Reading has probably lost its importance in in our in our society, mm-hmm. and so that lack of interpretation or that ability to to interpret mm-hmm. what's written, because that's how business is done. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's how wealth is accumulated. Right. <clears throat> uh, that uh, the the more aware and the more intelligent you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to increase your chances of finding. That's right. Success. It's like that
1: old adage that many teachers uh, tell you that from grades one through four, you learn to learn to read, and then versus uh, ages, you know, four through uh, high school, you read to learn. Mm. And, and mm. many of us uh, yes. uh, have, have gotten away from that, but that's true in, in all facets of life. Yes. You are going to. Prosper at the level that you gain knowledge. The Bible says yes, people were destroyed yes. because of what they don't know. Mm-hmm. What you don't
0: yeah. know. It, it strikes me, George, that <clears throat> since we're talking about the, the intersection between the psychological issues and so on with a biblical uh, view of life and things, <clears throat> obviously because God's made his world, these things aren't antithetic to each other. They certainly coexist and mm-hmm. are synthesized because as Christians, we view these things as a whole but uh, just so that people get a sense of this and where you're coming from again um, tell us just a snapshot of your book black and why that even in that particular case even applies to what we're talking about today yes
3: black the title does not refer to skin color it refers to beliefs beliefs limiting authentic cultural knowledge and so the premise of the book is that if you identify by any color on the race construct that it may be facilitating dysfunctional thought processes which lead to ineffective
0: behaviors.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And this is a, a powerful issue as it relates to the issue of finance. Mm-hmm. I mean it, as it relates to anything. Yeah. But in this particular case we're talking about the mindset as it relates to uh, finance. So. Let's kind of unpack that a little bit further and and ask the the next question, the obvious question it would seem, uh, and that is how does your approach to um, the work that you do with individuals, how would you apply that, let's say for instance, a how-to in the financial aspect of things, the monetary aspect of things?
3: So in in the book, I address um, the spiritual aspect of the black community and, and, and in, that, in that regard I'm referring specifically to the black community. Because on, any, on every quality of life standard, regardless of socioeconomic status, it doesn't, you can be the brokest mm-hmm. of the broke black, or you can be above six figures black. Your cultural counterpart, who's non-black, is going to be higher than you, statistically speaking. There are you know, some, exam- some uh, exceptions to that rule, But statistically, wealth and income are correlated almost exactly with color. Mm -hmm. And so by that line, for us to become aware of that, the book attempts to make you aware first of all of that pattern because life is really a series of patterns Mm -hmm. and we all develop patterns. The, The more successful of us recognize our effective patterns and recognize our ineffective patterns and then do things to minimize those ineffective patterns mm-hmm. and maximize the effective patterns. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of, of looking at patterns. Or habits. Or habits mm-hmm. and associating your meanings with that. Mm-hmm. And, and I try to, in the book, get away from moralistic um, uh, categories because we tend to be paralyzed by words like right and wrong, Mm -hmm. good and bad. Not that they don't exist, but if you don't have your effective, ineffective parameter going, your moralistic uh, 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 film is gonna be all over the place. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do with my clients is first say, Mm -hmm. is this working for you or is it not? Mm -hmm. Where do you wanna go? And how do you wanna get there? Mm -hmm. And then just work on the how to and then go back and get get whatever your belief is. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of ten, you can overlay your moralistic template over that effective plan. Mm -hmm. Nine times
0: out of ten, it's going to line up pretty closely. It seems that you're just kind of approaching this, if I could say it this way, backwards. I don't mean that in a negative way, Mm -hmm. but you're just starting where people already are, are. and you're moving them back toward where they ought to be.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Analyzing the narrative. You're, 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 You're looking at the narrative as it has Presented itself, mm-hmm. and let's ask ourselves: Do which is there anything in there to, that we should reproduce, right. or not? Yes, you know, because we see what the narrative is. Right. The, the narrative has presented itself to us. Correct. Let's look in here and see where in this narrative, correct, this is successful. So, so therefore, let's reproduce it. Correct. Or this, the narrative tells us, or the report
3: correct. of history tells us that this has not been successful. Right. Here, we clearly we need to change it. We need to change something. Yeah. yeah. So one of the most powerful things in your book. Uh, are the areas where you address giving because giving is a mindset and we have a different we have a different uh, in in our community mm-hmm. and i'm not going to say specific to our community yeah. uh, but i'm going to deal with our community because we we're like the last on these charts in our community our mindset about giving is totally different uh, compared to other more successful communities, mm-hmm. right? Why is that? Why do, you, why do you believe that is? Because we operate from a position of trying not to lose, and others operate from trying to win. So the example that you gave... Say that again, please. Yes. We operate, mm-hmm. you know, whatever success we make, we operate not to lose that success. So we play careful. Fear. Yes, we, we we you know if, especially if you may if you've been able to accomplish, you're a very accomplished man. You know, HB is very accomplished man. You guys are very accomplished, but our cultural experiences are different. Mm-hmm. And I don't know you very well, and I know you a little bit better. <laughs> I seen HB at work, so I know how he rolls. <laughs> H- HB is the type of guy you can take him, strip him of all his clothes, put him in a in a brand new place with nothing. I not guarantee you, five days. He'll be back to new, because mm-hmm. he's got that mindset. It's like mm-hmm. you, you're just not going to stop me. Mm-hmm. That's typically not right. representative of our community. Okay, unfortunately. And so if we get it, don't <coughs> do. And so if we get it, don't <coughs> And so if we get it, don't <coughs> And so if we get it, don't <coughs> And so if we get it, don't And so if we get it, don't do. And so if we get it, don't we don't mess it up. I'll be careful how you say that. Come in right, brother. And, and, and if you bring somebody in, you know, because you, you get a position, it would be great to bring somebody in and mentor mm-hmm. them. You're telling them, that many times you're telling them, make sure you don't do this, make Fear. sure you don't do that, make sure you don't say this, make sure you don't say that. Where you might be saying, hey, brother, here's what you do. When you go in, you look that man in the eye, you tell him this is what, boom, and what your vision is can I be there or you know it's a different paradigm
2: mm.
3: neither one is wrong necessarily, but what is the effectiveness of it mm. right, in terms of your your long is it a good habit yes mm-hmm. and so uh, uh, that's the part I appreciate most about your book is the emphasis on giving because we have to get out of this mindset of holding on mm. because that holding on represents a fear mm. and Wherever you put your focus on, coming from a therapeutic standpoint, wherever you put your focus on, that's what you're giving energy to. Mm. So it's just like uh, giving. What, I'm sure you heard this analogy b- before, when people tell me I want to lose weight. And ironically, mm. when you go to try to lose weight, what happens? Oh, I'm Yeah, <laughs> you're <not getting laughs> weight because what because what you've done is you put weight in your subconscious subconscious is the most powerful part of our brains that's what's driving our habits
2: hmm.
3: you know when you drive, now, now that you driving is a habit and you notice we can text, we can read, we can do this and voila, drive and drive where you know when we first drove it was like this, you know, hmm. both hands on the wheel you didn't look to the left, didn't look to the right, you looked up in the mirror, you looked to the right but you were now it's like oh man you know, we're doing remote testing multitasking because we've put in, we've put driving in our subconscious. Hmm. When we talk, we talk we speak from our subconscious.
1: So what do you think has put? If I may, go ahead, go please. So, so what do you think has put? Uh, let's let's in African American culture. Mm-hmm. What do you think has placed uh, such fears uh, that create have created some of the habits that we have around what to do with any prosperity? What do you think has inundated our our Subconscious to make us perform the way we do
3: the clinical term is called learned helplessness so uh, look that term up it's a very it's a clinical term it's a valid uh, term and it, it doesn't just apply to a community it, it but it is it is a strategy that's used when you want to control uh, an animal certain group of people you put them in situations where they feel that they cannot control their own conditions okay so historically our history is one of learned helplessness so that no matter how far you get there's always a feeling that they can come and take it away are you talking about dr. Milton
1: are you talking about fear that has been our, our brain has been
3: in, in this culture in this sense has been imprinted to fear G- uh, g- genealogically, genetically, through generations, and I was—I would even separate fear from learned helplessness.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: fear is that—that that automatic re- because fear in itself isn't bad. It's what you do because with of it. fear. Yeah. Is you know some people you put them in a fearful situation, like you know the example I gave about HP. put them in a fearful situation. That's not a brother you want to mess with. Because he you see what I'm saying because he, he's coming at you he's coming back at you, mm-hmm. he might be scared, but he's he's coming at coming at you I'd probably say you you'd probably be the same way because you're a accomplished person, writing a book is not easy, you pastor church correct yes, sir so man you're you're busting boundaries all the time you're dealing with people's mindsets all the time you're dealing with politics all the time you're dealing with a lot of things on a daily basis that if you were a fearful person, brother, you wouldn't make it. So, uh, but helplessness is another thing, right? Mm-hmm. So now I don't know. I don't know your management style. I don't know. I don't know what kind of money your church brings in. I don't know the what your mission is. You know, you would have to decide: Am I being effective in my mission, or am I limiting myself by my beliefs? And that's a personal journey that you have to take. And that's what this book tries to do: mm-hmm. is to help us all, because there's no right or wrong answer. You know, we all get to walk away with what we came in with. Mm -hmm. The book doesn't try to tell you how to think. It's just encouraging you to think Mm. because most of us are subconsciously on automatic pilot about our behavior.
0: Mm. Mm. These are powerful words. Uh, We're listening to George Middleton uh, give us an, an understanding of a mindset. Uh, Actually, uh, Dr. Posley and I were talking about that in our first hour, so Mm -hmm. it really uh, kind of segues nicely into this hour. We need to take a one-song break, and we'll be right back. But before we do, I just wanted to let everybody know again about the Jazz Mixer coming up this Friday, March 16th, from 6 to 9 o'clock. Don't miss the networking, the hors d'oeuvres, the drinks possible, and, of course, the great jazz music that will be there. Put on your calendars May 18th, which is our Jazz Mixer for Cominius, And once again, if you're at all interested in donating to what we do here on the radio, go to CominiusInstitute.org or .com and check us out. Hit the Donate button and uh, insert some cash there for us as we continue to uh, benefit, hopefully, the community with bringing in great Christian leaders like George Middleton who are doing good in the community. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv. We'll be right back. RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We have a great guest here today with us, George Middleton, who is commenting on the mindset as it relates to finances dr. Clyde Posley, dr. Mark Eckle, your co-host today h b at the board, bringing in the music. We wanted to bring back this uh, concept as we were discussing off uh, off air about the mindset impact about how these financial issues are uh, impacting us in any way, institutionally, individually, as a family unit. Uh, boy, George, you can go in any diff- different direction on this yes. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free. We've got about the next 20 minutes to, to uh, let it go here, so just have at it. Whatever direction you'd like to go here. Uh, I know there's one
3: thing you wanted to say, but would you, uh, doctor? Sure, sure. Closely, you know, One you- of
1: the things you're doing, you, you, what you have to say is just so profound, you know, and it's important. And and I want our listening audience to to hear it as an extension and a further explanation of the of the fundamental truths that Ma- Mark and I talk about every week. Uh, one of the exa- one example to this extension is, is is Dr. Middleton mentioned a second ago uh, about fear is good. And I know many people hear Scripture and say, you know, fear not, and we should run from fear. But what what but uh, what Dr. Middleton is explaining is is that fear. And your stewardship of fears that we all have uh, has a lot to do with whether or not fear is, is useful in your life. You know, we don't want to, we're not trying to find ways to fear, but we do have fears. And what we do with those is the context in which uh, uh, Dr. Middleton was, was, was mentioning it, is what we do with them. Fear can become a tremendous yes. motivator for success, a prod, if you will. And we're not looking to fear. But all things work together for the good of them who love God, and fear can be used as a tool
3: to excel. What he said.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the answer to the question right there. (laughs) Uh, You guys were uh, given some research here during our break, Uh, the connections, I think, to uh, general uh, groups, uh, African-American, Euro-American groups, uh, how do you think, when we talk about the issue of money, finance, and so on, how do you think the issues uh, relate to us institutionally, individually, as family units? Let's take that on a little bit further and dig a little bit deeper. Uh, what have been some of your experiences, perhaps some of the folks that you've been interacting with, stories you could tell us about uh, about the inter- interesting individuals that you help? Uh, just take it away from there.
3: Okay, so i like to put this out. Uh, uh, one of the one of the, the there's a hypothesis in the book, and I would love to get your professional um, feedback on the the black community. At best, is using maybe fifty percent of its spiritual power. I would agree. At best,
1: I, I, that's, that's that's on the high side. Yeah, okay. I'd go something a little bit lower than that,
3: but I agree. And the reason I say that is because uh, the book uh, deals with authenticity mm-hmm. with regard of whatever culture culture you're on. And it, our, our, our authentic nature as a black community of those with darker pigmentation mm-hmm. is our strongest tool is our spirituality. That's our strongest tool. And it is recognized by those who compete against us. And so we have adopted a diluted form of spirituality or spiritual practice mm-hmm. that we use only in resiliency. Because as a community, we score high on resiliency. We can take a licking and find a way to make a way out of no way mm-hmm. to you know make a lemon I uh, make lemonade out of a lemon we, we are good with that, you know? Uh but uh, in church meetings in organizational meetings when we talk about let's do something you hear more reasons why we can't do something mm-hmm. than how we can get it done right and if you really are a, prof- a professor professor of your belief of your faith You know that from whence you came, there are no limitations. That's right. But yet, in every discussion, and I'm a minister of music, so that's been a a huge part of my uh, professional life. Mm -hmm. I'm in the church environment on a regular basis. And many Mm -hmm. of today's black churches are having economical issues Mm -hmm. because we have not built legacy. Mm -hmm. We don't think in legacy form. And we've lost our relevance in many, not all, because there are some very successful black churches. Right. Um, however, from a statistical standpoint, we're using our spirituality, and only to weather the storm, mm-hmm. rather than create environments conducive to our growth. Right. What's What's your I, opinion? On
1: that? I, I would agree with that. And I think you alluded to it okay. earlier. It, it's the cultural mindset. About money and legacy uh, that has come into the church. I mean, if if a person, and this is true, period, by which speaking mm-hmm. about African Americans, if if several members have the flu, and they come to church with the flu, the odds of spreading the flu greatly increase. So let's use the flu as a mindset. If this mindset is in the church, it is going to spread. And create nosocomial type of infections, a relative like which is an infection that you would get while you're in the hospital. Some people uh, in, in, in our in our churches are getting uh, infections from people who've had long-standing mindsets, and these mindsets are are spreading. Uh, but but it's just like we have a we have a, a a leading a politician today who uses the this this next concept I'm about to say. Successfully, unfortunately, for a ba- in a bad way, the power of suggestion. If you keep saying, "Money bad, money bad, money bad," we're broke. We don't have enough. Money bad, money bad. You then you create. Here's where fear becomes negative. You create this mindset that you keep telling me you should fear. You should fear. Uh, we, there's not enough of, of we, we we not enough of that. Not that. that it, now, if that can create. A deficit in giving, and how we, or even listening to someone like you talk about money, then what would saying we are strong, we are wealthy, we can develop? The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter eight, God gives us the power to get wealth, and everything God gives to us is from what He says. When God wanted us to have salvation, He He he, what what He He gave us the Word, He called Him Jesus, named Him Jesus gave us word, revelation. So it's the negative talk about money that is a historical reality in many cultures, but not all cultures. And and, and I mean this respectfully, not in the Jewish culture, not in the Hebrew, that's really, and not in the Hebrew culture. You won't find traditional Orthodox Hebrews talking negatively about their culture's legacy of economics. They will not do it. They speak positive about, but they expect. They begin to train their thirteen-year-olds about how not to survive, but to thrive financially. And so, it's it's impo- and So many churches, uh, we, we we don't see uh, our power and the importance of gaining wealth, and it's born out of the power of suggestion. I'm going to finish this and get back. Get, get you get back this mic. It's very important. Okay. In, in Thomas Jefferson's notes to Virginia from 1742, he said that the Afri- that black religion is no, basically I'm paraphrasing no more than conch shells and, and, um, and, and witchcraft, basically exactly. right. Right. You hear this yes. uh, in, in, in the beautiful and the sublime uh, Immanuel Kant. Uh, uh, the Enlightenment writer, writes the same type of of writing relative to uh, African American religion. Now why is that relevant and why am I going to this history? If you, if a culture of people have heard for years that the the core of what you think holds you together is is stupid, it's religious, (laughs) it's witchcraft, then eventually your belief and confidence in it is going to erode. Because the purveyors of powerful thought in your mind have always been African, I have mean, always been Caucasian, and so therefore you're going to believe that the, since they are the teachers, they must be right. Here we are in 2018, and most of us believe the economic economic picture of our lives is predicated on what pundits are telling us on TV. You're a Kingdom person; your prosperity is not tied into an analyst. There are people who are wealthy who do not invest in stock. There, there, there are uh, 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 European Americans, uh, African Americans, who know, who learn, uh, uh, how to be successful financially, who do not, who do, who do, who do, who find other means to do so legally, but they have to change their mindset, and it's how we think that's the biggest. And people don't like to hear this truth, but it's just the truth. Most people who do not do well or stay poor your mindset is keeping you in it white people do not keep black people broke and white people cannot be broken by black people if you if you do not prosper financially it's how
3: you, you it. think you got to own it
1: exactly i, I tell anybody that you you got to you got to we've got to stop believing that being a christian and having a Bible, even just reading a Bible, is enough to make you wealthy. You, we've got to do, uh, people need to do, in my opinion, as Mark and I are doing right now. We've been sitting here talking about the Bible every week for months. And then we bring someone on like you who expands and further explains how these biblical principles apply what they look like in action, the performance of them. So we need you. We need you. Preaching is not enough. The word of God. It has to be explained. The new stock exchange is not in the Bible.
2: <laughs>
1: Dow Jones is not in the Bible. Index is not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so we need Middleton to, to say, okay, what does that stewardship mean? The guy with the barn? What does that look like today? And if we shun people like you, then we are only fundamental, fundamental Christians only have the Bible, and we only take the Bible for what it says. God put you here like He put us here. We teach it; you explain it. I believe
3: that. That's beautifully said, and and and, and you you've you've really eloquated the scenario very well. And what I'd like to do is int, is interject a solution. Uh, perspective? Do do we need to take a break first? No, no. no okay, no, I saw, no, you, grab, I saw you grab. His, you. I saw him grab his. <laughs> I saw him grab his glasses very knowledgeably. No. Uh, <laughs> He's a scholar. They uh, do that. First of all, before I do that, I gave you that graph. Did that graph make any sense to you? Oh my,
0: yes. Uh, how did you interpret? I'm looking it, it up right now. Okay. Yeah. Don't uh, no, go ahead. Okay.
3: Um, there are for any successful community. I know this this conversation seems to sound like we're just dealing with black people, but. Really not. The only reason I'm addressing black is because black is the most uh, uh, adversely, negatively impacted group in America right now. But the, we all have a relationship in this race construct. We just haven't gotten to the other issue. This this perspective that I'm going to interject, even though it's aimed for black. Is for any wealthy community from an economic standpoint. Uh, it comes from Dr. Claude Anderson's <clears throat> Five Levels of Controls. He wrote the book Powernomics. Very powerful man, very powerful author, very powerful book. He wrote the book at a time when it really wasn't popular and really hasn't received the type of uh, notoriety that it should be. And much more than that, he wants it to be applied five levels of control it's a five floor building when you walk into a building of a successful community building you you can call it a community building in any successful community the first floor is going to be your economic base that's going to be your first floor then he says once you have established your economic base that income you then go to the second floor which is the politicians floor now Dr. Anderson says it much more impactful than the way I'm going to say it. But he says, you take your money and you go to the second floor and you buy every politician on it. And those politicians you can't buy, you rent or lease. Then the third floor is law enforcement. You then use your political power to create uh Policies, <laughs> the laws, policies. Yeah, to, absolutely. Yeah, policies. to create policies, implementation, implementation right. that do not harm. Because right now, particularly to black community, incarceration is the new slavery. Don't get it twisted. There are as many black men in prison now as there were slaves in the 1800s. That's not an accident. Absolutely, more. Probably, yeah, Probably more. Absolutely, it's probably more, and. It's a private prison industry right. now, it's not a, a a government owned you know rehabilitation absolutely. center. this is a prison for profit industry, so that model itself that mandates that you have customers absolutely okay other than pharmaceuticals it, it <clears throat> is arguably the second most lucrative business yes. in America lucrative brother absolutely lucrative, and they have major lobbying groups centered on cca yes that thank you fighting thank you thank you uh, on m- making sure that system is intact when 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 uh, president obama was in he had put a bill in to get rid of p- private prison profit for profit industries in five years now our current president has repealed that bill so hey money's gonna be flowing. absolutely money's gonna be at good. the
1: annual uh... political meeting cpac every year there is a represent yes. representative Yes. Who gives instructions as to how to invest in
3: CCA. Mm, 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 mm. That's powerful. Then the fourth floor is media. To control your own media. So like what you two have here is a powerful component. I mean, do not underestimate. I'm sure you're not. But please do not underestimate the power you two hold with this microphone. And what you're trying to, whatever your mission is. Having your own media, controlling your own media, is a key ingredient to a successful community. And then at the very top and very last floor is education. Hmm. Hmm. Now, now so, we, so we can reproduce Yes, Yes, right. but it's the last. It's the last, yeah. And mm-hmm. as the black community, and maybe some other communities, but the black community for sure, we've inverted that.
2: Hmm.
3: We've started with education as the foundational floor thinking that that will get us to the economics and and it hasn't worked hmm.
0: this is a, a fascinating oh my god <laughs> this is <laughs> fascinating stuff because you're you're basically telling us that any community really needs to be sustained financially yes. and so from a christian vantage point our responsibility toward stewardship toward a biblical view of mindset as it relates to money uh, is essential to all of this that we begin to think differently about how we think about how we organize ourselves in the culture and the community in which we live yes. and the importance of what you've just suggested to us that economics really does form a base that quite frankly we really don't think about all that That's often we Yeah, we're only concerned about paying our bills. Your, your story was so, uh, um,
3: I, I can't find the words to say, as a black man I'm happy for you, (laughs) and on the other and on the other hand, I'm like I'm mad too. Yeah, but because of knowing you're my friend, I I, you know. (laughs) 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 But when you told the story about when you guys were totally out of everything Mm -hmm. and you had a grandfather who who had the uncle who had the resources to give you fifteen thousand dollars, in our community that's a rarity, brother. Mm -hmm. In our community, many of us, even well suited, well educated people can't grab 15 grand for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's the, the fear factor
1: that of the ones who have made it I'm not giving you mm-hmm. there you, go, there you, go, you know there you go. Right, not realizing that becoming anti, you, you are sabotaging your own legacy of your, of your, of your culture yeah. absolutely because others are my responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'm, looking, I'm always looking for ways that I can perpetuate yes. what the Lord has blessed me with through my children. Yes, yes. I talk about these things all the time. Right, man. This is we got to have him back. He needs to come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can we, have a. We've tri-host. been talking.
0: Yeah. We, we, well, when, we, Ma- when
3: Mark and I get together, we—that's uh, what I really love about Mark because we've—we we've, only known each other what less than a year. Yeah. But there's just synergies that happen, and yeah. uh, so uh, when he invited me to his show the first time, I was highly complimented, and then to be invited back, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm like, hey, I really appreciate that. Yeah, so absolutely. Mark yeah. is about truth. Yes, he is. Mark, Mark is about truth,
1: and I, and I want to say that on air. That I think that's one of the reasons I'm on this show. That's what makes this show unique. Uh, Mark is about truth. He's not a fellow out here trying to push his agenda. He's trying to push the truth agenda. That's the God agenda. Well, I, res- and th- I respect him. I love him for it.
0: Well, I appreciate that, gentlemen. I, honestly, it, it brings us to the place of why this place exists. I mean, why we do Warp and Wolf Radio, which is... Uh, based on Titus 3, that we're looking for Christians in our community like you, George, who are doing good, who uh, speak and s- and write and uh, counsel and mentor others. And you're expanding the horizons of people in ways that, you know, quite frankly, going to take a long time, going to take years to do. Yeah. It's not going to be an overnight kind it. of thing. Yeah. Cool. But your comments today about the five floors of this building, I mean, that's spot on. The connection, of course, to finance, to economics being a base. And how we Christians are, are of necessity responsible for this. And then looking for, like the rich uncle, literally the rich uncle, looking for opportunities to give to others. Because you know what the old rock song says? You don't see no, no hearses with no luggage racks. And, <laughs> and that, that is exactly the point, people. If you've got money and you're about to die, right. let me just be real specific, you need to be thinking about where that money's going to go and what, who can best use that. Right. And if you can help others with that, wow, and man. Live
1: outside yourself.
0: There it is. There it is. Gentlemen, we've got to close it out today. We're really grateful uh, for this. Uh, Dr. Posley, why don't you give us a shout-out to, to George's book here.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I want everyone to know about uh, uh, Brother George
3: Middleton's book. It's entitled Black, and it's acronyms for? Beliefs. Beliefs. Limiting. Authentic. Cultural knowledge, addressing racism from a mental health perspective. Absolutely. And uh, now, how can how can they order this book? Bob? It is available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would appreciate if if you do purchase it on Amazon, and you do feel it's relevant, to please write a review. All right. All
1: right. that uh, that, that that's black beliefs limiting authentic cultural knowledge. This is it's it's next on my agenda of books to get today. I'm going to Amazon Prime. I'll have one by tomorrow. There you go. (laughs) There you go.
0: We are grateful for all of our listeners. Thank you ever so much for spending a couple hours with us today. Once again, Titus three, do good in your communities. That's the focal point. If you know of folks that ought to be on this program that are doing good in and around Indianapolis, we would love to hear about them. Uh, Dr. Clyde Posley, Dr. Mark Eckle, co-hosts H.B. Uh, Bell is on the board, giving us the smooth jazz sounds, and George Middleton. Thank you again, sir, for being here today. Thanks for having
3: me. It's been a great uh, fun having this discussion. Oh, it has been. Bless has been.